Big crowd today. <laughs> well, Cody, welcome back, man. I guess, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, 11 months isn't really that long, but it just seems like you went through a whole lot over the course of 11 months. So I guess right now, how does it feel to be back on a fight where you're getting ready to compete? Excited. I still have the same feelings that I had last June, you know, just excited, motivated, hungry to, you know, take this opportunity that I prepared so hard for, with, uh, with my team, my coaches, uh, just go out there and, and finally be here in fight week, you know, we're three, four days away from fighting. Uh, like I said, been through a lot, you know, COVID definitely took a, a toll on my body and took me away from a, a flyweight title shot, um, you know, you know, a lot of opportunities, but, you know, um, I take it with a grain of salt, you know, I'm thankful for my health, I'm thankful to be here, uh, it showed me a lot, you know, life is a marathon, not a sprint, so. Can you talk about the, the COVID experience, right, because here you are like a phenomenal athlete in, in prime shape, you know, and we hear it's not supposed to affect people like that. What, what was it like for you knowing it's kind of like this invisible thing, right, like I guess an injury is probably easier to deal with. What, what the hell was this like? Yeah, you know, speaking with my coaches and um, other media and UFC personnel this week, I was like, you know, it was frustrating, you know, like injuries, you, you know, you can kind of have a timeline of, all right, you're four to six weeks out from, you know, getting back to stuff. Like I didn't know with COVID, you know, I didn't know, like it was basically by day that what I, my body strand could do, what, what else happened, you know, I was on blood thinners, I had pneumonia, I had um, vertigo, vertigo was, was horrible. Um, and the blood clots as well, I was on blood thinners, like I said, for like four months. So like I said, like it's almost easier to have an injury than having COVID. Uh, and I always took COVID serious, you know, if I, you know, obviously people are dying from it, but like I said, I'm, I take care of myself, I'm healthy, I, you know, I rest, I recover, I eat well, um, very well conditioned. I thought that if I had it, it'd be like a flu bug kind of, man, it, <laughs> it was not a flu bug for me. It was, it was, it was intense, but, um, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. You know, there's maybe, there's a reason why things were removed from my life, let me focus on other things. And like I said, just 11 months of just, it wasn't like I was sitting on the couch, you know, laid up, I was training, I was doing things that I couldn't do. Um, if I wasn't able to do martial arts, then I was, you know, jumping on the cycling bike, riding, you know, 50 to 100 miles a day, you know, getting the conditioning up. So I was able to, you know, really, really expand my cardiovascular, um, you know, load, you know, through that. So I was always training. Like, I felt like I never missed a beat when I came right back to the gym. Um, everything felt good. The movement, the speed, the power, the vision, you know, I just feel like this is the most complete martial art, martial artist that I'll be stepping inside this cage on Saturday. That's awesome. So it sounds like you, you try to, you know, keep things as positive as possible. I just wondered, like, what this time was like for you mentally, because, you know, you think about the setbacks you had, and then you get the great comeback, and yeah. now everything's going good again. Now it's like, how much do I have to go through in life? Like, how much do I have to deal with? I mean, was there any time during this stretch that you got down? Like, why do I have the worst luck ever? Balance. You know, just figuring out balance in life, you know, with career, life, you know, life throws things at you. Like all of us, you know, we're going through this pandemic and people are losing loved ones and losing jobs. And, you know, I just was counting my blessings, you know. I had a, my, my son's healthy. You know, I still have a roof over my head. I have a job that's, you know, will be back, will be there when I'm healthy, you know, and a lot of opportunity. You know, it could be worse. I could be coming off a knockout loss or a loss and then have to deal with that shit again. You know what I mean? I, I was like, eh, well, I've been, been through worse, I could say. You know, a three-fight uh, skid is, uh, you know, this is pretty bad to come over. But, um, you know, I think that learning and growing process of going through that in my career, in my life, and where I was at um, helped me just, you know, mentally 
to understand and cope with it, not get myself down about, you know, losing opportunity to fight for a world title because it's right there. I'm, I'm right there. I just got to stay focused and stay hungry and get healthy first off. And those opportunities were present itself. I'm on the right path. I kept telling myself I'm on the right path. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm showing up every day, and, you know, putting those small deposits in for the big deposit on Saturday. Speaking like a mature man, is yeah. like you're growing up at this yeah, point. I'm about to be 30, man. <laughs> I got some white, white hairs in my beard and shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, talk about watching the title fight that you were supposed to be in, right? What was that experience like for you? Yeah, you know what? That was actually uh, a cool experience to watch. You know what I mean? You got to see those guys. And, you know, Davidson was showed a lot of holes. And Moreno showed a lot of you know, things that exploited his weaknesses, you know, the wrestling, uh, I think the strikes on the brakes with the figures having his hands down was a huge um, thing. And pre pressure that wrestling, you know, the takedowns, um, obviously the, the low blow, I, I called that. I said it was going to be a majority draw because of that. Um, I think that if Moreno had, you know, more pop in his punch, he could, you know, get Davison hurt and take him out. And I think if Davison didn't cut as much weight, you know, it wasn't as fatigued, you know, in those rounds, he could have, you know, had more, you know, pop on his punch to take Moreno out. Nonetheless, it was a great fight. I'm excited to, you know, hopefully, you know, have an entanglement with one of those guys in the future. Uh, but first and foremost, we're focused on Rob. Uh, it's a great opportunity for me in my career uh, to showcase, you know, my skills against Rob. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about that. I mean, uh, 35 now, which I think you had said, look, I'll go to 25 for a title, but I don't really do it for non-title. But is that still the, the path? Like, hey, I'll take 35 as long as you need me to, but really I want that 25 title? I'm looking at being, you know, two-time weight division champion. You know, that, that's my goals. Um, so whatever comes first, I know we have kind of a little circus act up front with Aljamain and, and, and Jan. You know, they have to run that back. Aljamain just had neck surgery, so... That's going to be prolonged for a little bit. I feel like this fight right here is the title eliminator. So, you know, I, you know, finish Rob on Saturday. I have options. I have options to go at Bantamweight, be next in line for that. It works out perfectly for me. It's, it's, it's you know, you look back in November and reason COVID and things were taken away from my life, but it set me up for better and more opportunities. Um, you know, I stayed on the path, stayed focused, and, and stayed driven. Um, so I, I win this fight. Saturday, I can have next in line for a Bantamweight title shot, you know, and Figgy and them fight a few weeks after me. Uh, I was already training for a five-round fight. They are training for a five-round fight. Hopefully none of us get injured in there. We come out on skate, and we can make that fight happen, you know, sooner than later. Um, and that's that's in a perfect world, but, you know, a lot of things kind of fall into place with that. Yeah, but, hey, you could conceivably end the year as a, as a two-division champion. Could possibly, you know. Yeah, could possibly. All right. Talk about the matchup with Rob. As you said, title eliminator. I mean, he's here for a reason, right? Um, what do you think of his skill set and what he brings to the table? You know, I, f I feel like, you know, being top five in, in the world, you're, you're skilled, you're tough, you know, you're talented. Um, you deserve to be there. You know, you worked your way up there. Um, I just feel like he's never been in a high prolific fight. You know, he's never been in a main event exposure, never been in a five-round fight. I have. I feel like he has a lot of boxes that need to be checked personally for him and I was in that position years ago and um, you know you have to just rise to the occasion so we'll see how bad Rob wants this fight how bad Rob wants to stay at the top of the division because I know this is where I belong um, you know I've, I've been at the top been a world champion fell back down picked myself up numerous times and you know dusted myself off and, and continued to climb up to where I'm at now and you know it's uh 
know, it's a lot. It's a lot being in the main event in a high prolific fight, and you're facing Cody Garbrandt. You know, you're not facing, you know, Marlon Rice. You're not facing a Ricky Simone. You're not facing a Sergio Pettis. You're fighting, facing a hungry Cody Garbrandt that's ready to get back to his throne. I like it. Last thing for me, I mean, uh, I don't think I've ever seen you in a boring fight, so I don't think that's a concern. But do you feel like, you know, you're going out there, because of all things that are on the table, right, all the options, do you feel like you got to go out there and, like, prove something or do something special, or is that just kind of what happens when you're executing? You know, honestly, I feel like I've proved myself time and time again, you know, and it's always good to remind people, you know, who you are. And uh, so however the fight presents itself, you know, whatever Rob wants to bring out and do, um, you know, my preparation for this fight camp was very uncomfortable because I know what it's like to be in a 25-minute fight and pushing the pace, you know. So I put myself in uncomfortable positions inside a training camp, this whole camp, um, things I didn't want to do, things I got back to, got back to the roots of, you know, what made me who I am today and uh, just had a great camp. I mean, I couldn't be more thankful for the camp and how it fell into place and just um, – the game plan that we have and the preparation, I mean, the preparation was second to none. I don't think that um, I can look back on a fight to see that I trained this hard or smart and physically, emotionally, and mentally prepared myself to go in there and if needed to be a 25-minute, you know, pace that my adversary and Rob Font will not be able to withstand. Not to focus too much on COVID and how it's affected you, but are you worried about any long-term effects that maybe we aren't aware of yet? Honestly, I felt like I probably had that in my mind when I was going through the COVID experience and, and the, the symptoms and the struggles that I was going through. Um, but I kind of just I kind of put that in the back of my mind. You know, I feel like I had a great doctor that you know has a lot of resources that you know we were checking a lot of things out. You know, biweekly, um, you know, to make sure that my body could withstand you know the trauma that goes inside a fight camp you know we literally go in and beat the shit out of each other every single day multiple times a day for eight to ten weeks straight to come inside a cage to fight to you know better our life so i first and foremost needed to know that my body can withstand that kind of stress level that i was going to put on to be able to go and put on a five round performance um so i, I just kind of put that into my mind you know i feel like i'm, I'm healthier than i've ever been um you know, and going through that, like I've never taken um, my health for granted, especially with the kidney infection that I had prior to uh, 2020 that landed me in the hospital. And, you know, leading up to the Sun Cell fight, the infection came back 10 days before. So I had to go to a IV fusion center and get an antibiotic drip 10 days leading up to the fight. Uh, so I, I've been here before. I've been with some health concerns, you know, um, and I just know that my body, you know, regenerates pretty well. I'm young. I take care of myself. I'm not out partying, drinking, or, you know, doing, you know, heavy drugs on the weekend. You know, I'm, I'm you know, that's not me. Um, I think that, you know, down the road maybe, but as right now, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I feel great. I'm confident. I'm, like I said, I haven't prepared like this probably since even, I don't think I've ever prepared for a fight like this, even with the cruise fight. You know, the cruise fight was probably a very, very vigorous training, hard training, and, and stylistically, it was just a different matchup for me. But uh, this is the hardest that I prepared um, in preparation for a fight because this is a huge opportunity. You know, I've been here before and it slipped out of my hands. And uh, I know with what a win comes, and I'm prepared for that, and uh, I'm very excited for that as well. I was wondering if you had reached 100% after getting sick, but it sounds like you said you've never been in better shape in your life. Yeah, I've, I've never been able to push myself 
well, I've been able to push myself to this limit, but I literally every day in training push myself to the breaking point, try to break myself inside there. Uh, and I think that's what, uh, I'm not fighting my adversaries, you know, I'm fighting myself, you know, within myself. If I'm able to defeat myself, defeat my demons, be at peace with myself, once I go inside that octagon, there's not a man that can break me because I've already tried to break myself time and time again throughout the camp, throughout my life. And here I am still standing and hungry to fight and, and the huge opportunity in front of me. So how long did it take for you to feel like you were at 100% after being sick? Man, it took, I mean, I, I would say six to eight months of, like, finally feeling myself. So, yeah, it wasn't, like, till you know, I, we landed the fight right before. I was, like, had a, I did, like, a three-week mini camp where I was, like, really stressing my body, doing this, like, basically a mini camp of, of, of camp to, to get, you know, tip-top shape before the fight camp, you know, kind of unraveled. And that's when I knew, like, that my stress level was high, my body was reacting well. I was recovering well. Um, I used the Whoop app and the Aura app, uh, Aura Ring, to you know monitor my sleep, my HRV, my resting heart rate, and um, having those kind of data and technology to see what kind of strain that you're going through, how your body's recovering, was a huge tool. Um, the last like, 10, 11 months that I've got on the whoop and aura so those are great data to have you know with sleep recovery the strand that you're training at um so i feel like those are huge tools to use so you said you put you never pushed yourself as hard as you did have going into this camp is that because you're looking at make because you've been at the top before is it because you're making another run but not just at one belt but two belts yeah i feel like the um, pushing myself like this in preparation for this fight was it didn't feel like I, I just this is what needed to be done this is what literally I woke up every day to do I'm like alright I'm going to go break myself alright this is what we're going to go do this is what you know we're going to put these small deposits in daily for the big deposit on Saturday and that's what we kept saying these are small deposits man small deposits it was, it was horrible it was very it was, man I'm most uncomfortable I've ever been inside training mentally physically emotionally and that's how you, like, for me, I have to be able to defeat myself going in there. And if I don't do that, you'll see an emotional emotional fighter that just doesn't really give a shit about anything that goes in there and fights recklessly with no aim, you know. Uh, but my purpose is to be the best in the world, and I battle my demons time and time again. And, uh, you know, I prepared very well for this fight, and I'm at peace with myself. You know, I'm excited. I think I've had a smile on my face since I, I got to fight week. I mean, just to be able to... There's a time in my life that I didn't want to do media that wasn't enjoyable to speak to or talk about fighting because my was just my heart and passion was not in fighting. I was I was so taken away from fighting and everything about it. I feel like I was even going in the gym just clocking in and clocking out. You know, it felt like a job to me. And this is something I love to do. Um, I feel like this is what I was put on this earth to do. And I think every time that I try to fight that battle of drifting away from fighting that stuff happens to me. So just knowing that this is what I was set out to do, it comes a lot easier. It's a lot easier waking up at 4 or 5 in the morning and going and putting yourself in a freezing cold pool or a, 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 you know, a cycling ride that's 30-some you know, degrees out freezing, freezing your ass off. You know, putting the extra work in, it makes, you, it makes you hungry. It makes you appreciate it. So did you, did you feel this when, when you were at the top of your game or when did this, what was the catalyst that made yeah, you change? I, I feel like honestly winning the title kind of just made me, it wasn't what I thought it would be, you know. And I, 
just didn't, I didn't feel fulfilled with uh, being a world champion. I thought it was going to be more than I fixated on it for so long in my life. And it took me through a lot of my dark times to have that light in the tunnel of being a world champion. And I did it. It, you know, a lot of people around me are like, oh, wow, it was exciting. It was this and that. But for me, I just didn't feel fulfilled. And now that I just know that I had to set my goals higher, you know, and um, that's I have very, very high goals for myself. And I think that's what keeps me motivated. I don't even say motivated because motivation comes and goes. You know, you can be motivated on Monday and by Tuesday, that shit's gone, you know. Uh, so I, I'm driven. I'm How driven much higher can you go than the belt? <laughs> Man, there's so much. I think. Being a world champion, so many doors open for you outside of fighting. You know, you become a partner with the UFC. You know, uh, you know, defending the defending the title. You know, I've been there. Now I want to, you know, reclaim the title, defend the title. You know, do other things in life that I'm passionate about. You know, I have a, I have a child that looks up to me. That I want to show him through no matter what. You know, life throws at you adversity, losses, setbacks. You can overcome it all. You know, just keep your dream alive. Stay focused. Stay driven. And stay positive about it because you know it's not always going to be you know the highest of highs and just like it's not always going to be the lowest of lows and I think truly finding that balance in life is going to what is what helped me um, understand that you know just to enjoy this process. So a lot of it's been what's been going on outside of the UFC, like becoming a father and like finding that balance. Yeah, it's other shit. I mean, a lot of people probably forget that, you know, we're humans as well. You know, I mean, we have the same problems that arise when we wake up, you know. You know, the devil doesn't take a day off, you know. He's always kind of put doubt into you and, you know, if your dreams and you're successful, then it gets harder because then you have more things to do and to focus on, you know. So, you know, we have the same feelings that they do, you know. I think that some people think that we're different because they see us on TV or we're this self-proclaimed world champion. We're still humans at the end of the day. We still tie our shoes, you know, we still tie our shoes the same way. Um, and you still uh, clean diapers? Uh, yeah, man, I'm actually, we're potty training our son right now. He's doing pretty well on it, but we got to give him incentives. Like we took candy away from him, but we give him gum. So he's like, ah, oh, you know, he gets excited, uh, you know, so I'm still chaining diapers, but uh, he, he's getting it, man. Uh, he's, he's getting it. He's doing pretty well. You know, I, a couple times that, you know, it's, it's fun, man. Honestly, that's probably, like, the best title that I ever held was being a father. And Kai is such a uh, blessing in my life. And, you know, I just want to showcase to him, like, what hard work and having a dream and never giving up on can do for you in life. If it's whatever he set out to do, um, you know, just to have that dream and be driven and love every day of your life. And know it's a, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You'll get there eventually. Thanks. Yeah. Welcome back, champ. Thank you, buddy. The beard looks good, by the Dude, way. Dude, the war beard. I can't wait to cut this thing off. It is. Okay. Is it just for camp? You're not going to keep yeah, it? Yeah, I just do. Uh, I grew it out of camp. Last time I did the hair and the beard, and it was just too much, man. I was. You grew that just in camp? Just in camp. Damn, man. that's strong. Six weeks, yeah. Six <laughs> weeks, yeah. That's a, that's a man's beard right there. That's a man's beard, yeah. It's, it's tough. <laughs> so uh, one of the things, just, and this is the last one, then we'll, we'll dump the COVID stuff. Uh, a lot of people say that one of the things that mostly affected them is the lung area, but you said in this training that you were able to push yourself cardio-wise further than you've ever been. So obviously that wasn't an area where, where you were, were affected? You know, it was actually uh, funny that they bring that up. Yeah, the, I had pneumonia, and not knowing I had COVID through this whole process, you know, going, I just felt like I was, in, I was literally in fight camp fighting for a world title. I was like, this is the grind. This is what happens. No excuses. Put the work in. 
you know, and I started cycling, road cycling. Actually, Vinnie Murdoch, who's actually out here on the Ultimate Fighter right now, um, had a brain. Um, it's Moya, M-O-Y-A. Um, had to have like a brain surgery. So he, his doctor said he had to do, you know, to help, you know, would help him heal better would it be, you know, doing cardio. Well, I don't like to run. I'm not a big, I don't, you know, cycling school, you can go a lot of places in cycling. Where we're at in Sacramento, American River Trail, there's a lot of bike paths and trails. So I got cycling, started cycling. And that's what my doctor said was like, as much as I'm cycling, and we were doing, you know, 100 mile rides. Wow. You know, like it was, we were putting the work in, you know, it was, you know, five, six hours of just nonstop, just grinding on that bike. And that's all I could really do because I had vertigo. So I couldn't really do much MMA. Um, I could do a little bit of it until I started having the onsets of the vertigo and the spins. So the bike, I was just there and just pedaling the legs and the heart and the lungs. And uh, that's what he said, like, I was able to keep my lungs so open that during that, like a lot of people that had pneumonia like I had it, would have been hospitalized on a ventilator. He goes, and the crazy thing is that we were cycling, but we had a cow, the cow fires, the smoke index was so heavy. Yeah. So I just thought it was because we were out there riding, you know, an index of 400 sometimes. You know, we try to get up in the morning, five, six in the morning and go before the you know, smoke rolled in. Um, so I just thought that's why I was having like the, the wheezing and the, you know, the shortness of breath uh, for, from the air quality in Sacramento during that time. So it was just like, then I tested positive for COVID. I was like, oh man, that should make sense why I, I felt like this. I'm like, man, I wasn't trying to, you know, and you know, Danny, uh, she always says, you know, like when I get a flu or something, like I'm a big baby about it. So I wasn't trying to complain about it, but man, I was, I was hurting. Man, this shit hurt. I didn't want to complain about shit. And then I had COVID, and I looked back, and I was like, wow, okay, yeah. A couple times, man, there were some nights that I was like, really, really in pain with it. Like it, it really took its toll. But then again, I was training for a world title, so I didn't want to take any time off, and I was just so frustrated. Like, why would, you know, what was going on? And obviously, testing positive for COVID understanding like, all right, well, it's COVID and this is a, a virus that's in my body that's affected it so, you know, so greatly that I have to, you know, take the measures of getting healthy. How much, and I think you touched on a little bit, putting in the fact that, that you dealt with some real uh, life or death sort of stuff dealing with COVID and then you have the fatherhood and stuff and now you're talking about how focused that you are. Are you able to cherish the fact that you're able to keep pushing yourself and go back into these experiences, having to deal with all this other stuff? And does it make it a little easier? And do you enjoy it more now, knowing what you've just recently went through? I look at it like this. If um, you want to stay back on having three losses, being a world champion, have three losses in a row, um, and obviously the COVID getting removed from a title fight, if those are the worst things that happened in my life, then I live a pretty blessed life. I'm very grateful that my son's healthy, he's smart, he's growing, um, he's so full of life. If those are the worst things that happen to me in my life, then I live a pretty good life. I mean, there's so many people in the world that are so less fortunate with things, you know, health, you know, number one thing, you know, disabilities, you know, anything like that, deaths from COVID. So I just got to count my blessings, like understand, like there's people that have it way worse than I do. You know, I've been in positions where I've had way less you know, way less in my life to where I'm at now. Like, all right, I was a world champion. I lost a fight. Okay. I remember being an amateur, losing a fight, and not having, you know, gas money to drive myself home. You know what I mean? So it was like you put those, you're in the positions in your life that you kind of put you in perspective of what's, what actually is important in life. And uh, 
that just being a good person, showing up, you know, I have eyes on me. My son looks up to me um, so much, so I can't, you know, I can't fail him ever. You know what I mean? I might lose fights here and there, but um, failing for me would be giving up and, you know, giving up my dream and selling out on something else, and, and that's not something I'll never do. Thank you for that. I just got a couple more. I appreciate your time. Looking back on his opponent, uh, his fight against uh, Marlon Moraes, were you impressed with his performance? You know, obviously, I think Marlon Moraes um, is a great fighter, but I think he's been on a downslide, you know, for whatever reason. I think some, some of us go through that. You know, he's been on a downslide. Has it been the Marlon Moraes that, you know, came into the UFC and, and started doing really well, you know, was prior into the UFC with other organization. Um, you know, and the thing, I wasn't too impressed with that. I mean, Marlon took him down. When's the last time you ever seen Marlon take someone down early on in the fight? He held him down. He got up. His arms were fatigued. If you look in the fight, he shakes his arms out, and then gets hit with the jab. Then he tries to reset, gets hit with another jab. And by that time, his, his, his arms were fatigued, and, and Rob, you know, took advantage of that. Rob's a, a fighter that comes out, kind of gets aggressive in your face. Um, and so you got to match that aggression. you got to match that pace, and that's something that, if he wants to come out every round and, and get in my face, he's going to be in for a long night. You know, so I wasn't too impressed with that. Good win on Rob, you know, taking out Marias. You know, he, he was, a, you know, a, a title challenger, a very good fighter. But I don't think that Marlon has been the same fighter since leaving Jersey. And actually, honestly, since his loss to, TJ, or his loss to um, Henry Cejudo, I don't think that he's been the same. And the last thing, um Give you a little chance. How's the No Love Bullies doing? And is it great to have that as outside, having a passion uh, and, and a business on the outside of this? Yeah, you know, the passion for bullies and pit bulls have been my whole life. I've had pit bulls, and they're such a misunderstood breed, you know. Um, I, I bought my first dog because I wanted my son to, to, to grow up and, and have a dog and have a companion. And uh, the American bully, um, Canelo, that's who I got him from, or who I got, I named him. Just such a great dog, I man, such a fa great family dog. I never thought I would get into breeding, um, but I actually bought a few other dogs after that to have, and I was kind of ripped off and kind of saw how the dog breeding industry is, and I was just so just, I mean, the dogs come first, you know, they're the most awesome breed, I mean, like, they're, you, they're family, you know, and that's the treated are. So I got a bunch of them, and, you know, I never, like I said, never thought I was going to breed, but I got, you know, taken over some, by some, some breeders that were, you know, did bad business. So we got into it and wanted to be, first off, good faith breeders, ethical and morals, and kind of like change the game almost. You know, we health test all of our dogs, make sure the puppies are healthy before they go to someone's, you know, family. Like that's the last thing if someone spends hard-earned money on a puppy and then the dog's not healthy and they have all these vet bills. That's, you know, I've lost a lot of dogs from, from that, you know. And um, so the passion is good. You know, we, we do at my mom's uh, facility in Ohio. My brother works there for him as well. And it's great, man, being able to give, you know, some of those families, adding to the families and how happy and excited they are. Um, if they lose a dog or if they can't have children, they come, you know, and it's, you know, we're adding to their family. So, and I have the platform to be able to, you know, showcase that not all dog breeders are horrible. You know, can be, anyone can come out to our facility, check out how our dogs live. You know, they're treated like, you know, family are family. So um, I wanted to first and foremost go inside the dog breeding industry, change that, because, I mean, it, there are some horrible dog breeders out there that I would love to get in the cage and, and beat the shit out of them, to be honest. Um, but uh, you can't do that in this world. Um, 
but yeah, not, first and foremost, what you're able to add to people's families. So we're doing well, man. It's doing well. Like, um, I just started having my first couple of breedings. I kept one of the dogs at, at my home in Ohio. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, and the, the, you know, those dogs got me through some of my darkest times too, you know, like, uh, you know, a dog is spelled God backwards, you know, so um, there's, there's a reason for that. They're absolutely thanks. beautiful. Oh, thanks. Boy, they're super, super impressive. And hopefully Dana will let me, uh, one day will let me walk my uh, dog out to the cage. That'd be pretty cool, huh? You get that bell, he can't stop yeah, you. Right? Yeah, let's go. I'm getting two of them. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.